Greetings, my brothers and sisters. Sending gratitude to all of you who are joining in today to accompany us down the rabbit hole of self-exploration through plant medicines. My name is Ryan Sprague, and I'm here to tell you that your frequency is now set and tuned to explore psychedelic medicines and the impact they've made among the countless psychonauts exploring the last true frontier. Buy a ticket and take the ride with me as we get true first-hand accounts of the experiences, benefits, risks, and transformations taking place within the ever-expanding world of psychedelic medicines on this one time on Psychedelics. This episode was a deep dive between me and my amazing brother, Jonah Levy. Jonah and I met when he went through the Canaqua Cannabis Program, and I immediately knew after our first discovery call lasted three hours that he was a deeply wise and powerful soul that I had met in lifetimes before. And what's even better is that we had the opportunity to record this episode in person, and the flow we created between the two of us was absolutely stellar. So for each of you, sit back, enjoy the ride, and join me as I welcome my man Jonah Levy to the show. Jonah Levy, my man, you are here in person in Boston. I am super excited. We're getting to do this live for everyone listening. I am super pumped. This is going to be a wildly deep conversation. Whenever I chat with Jonah, it's challenging for us to stop. We could just go forever. So I was like, we got to do a podcast about this. So man, I'm so excited to have you here. How are you enjoying Boston so far? I love it. I haven't been to Boston since I was a kid in camp and we went for like two days, Salem, <laughs> whale watching, that kind of thing. Hell um, yeah. But yeah, I'd never really spent a lot of time here. So mm. yesterday was really nice because we weren't sure if we were going to hook up yesterday and you had tons going on, which was perfect <laughs> because I just spent the day exploring. Yeah, dude. And I... You know, went to the parks, got some food, got some more food. It was really nice. It was really nice. Dude, that's awesome. Me yeah. and Rachel, we talk about uh, these things called bang bangs. You ever mm -hmm. heard of a bang bang before? No. We got this from uh, that show Louie, okay. run by that guy Louis C.K., where, uh, you know, and of course, me being a cannabis guy, this is going to hit a little differently too. But basically in that show, he was talking about how, I think, yeah, sometimes I do a bang bang. I go to like get Italian food and then I'm like, I'm still hungry. So I go to an Indian food restaurant right after. So it's like the idea of getting one meal at one restaurant and then immediately going to another place and getting a whole other meal. And Rachel and I definitely do that from time to time. So when you're like, I ate, I ate some more. I'm like, oh, you were doing a bang bang, That's, you know? <laughs> dude, I, I wasn't going to eat at all. I was going to wait because I had mm. a reservation at this really cool restaurant called mm. Forage mm. and it's all local and sustainable and they do tasting menus. And I was like, I'm just going to wait for that. And I was like, nah. So I went <laughs> and got a salad someplace. Then I found this ice cream place that was mm. bomb. Yes. You got to get the ice cream, man. I mean, like, come on. FOMU, like, it's called. It's, oh. a, it's a vegan ice cream place. But oh, it's my God. On, it's, it is, like, next level. Oh. Whatever they're doing, they did it right. Boston's got great food, man. They like, do. You know, like, I don't go into the city a lot uh, these days because getting in there. Right now they have, uh, like, what is it, um, Logan Airport, the one of the roads shut down the Summer Tunnel or something. So it's just, like, mania getting in there sometimes. But but I was telling you, Rachel and I went to the North End uh, last weekend, and it was just so fucking nice. Yeah. You know, uh, we went to Boa's Bakery after, got some cannolis. And again, it's like, you know, you got to eat the cake, metaphorically and literally sometimes, that you know? Life should be about occasional cake, right? Oh, 100%. That's what we're here. We're here to enjoy... All of it from the discipline to the cake. Exactly. If you have cake all the time, cake isn't special, right? Exactly. And if you're overly disciplined all the time, then you don't get to enjoy the sweetness of life. So there is a, there is, the metaphor is true. Oh, 100%. And yeah. the way I think about it too is if we choose to believe that we are the creators of our own reality, which I firmly believe, if we also believe that our thoughts have influence over us, 
And if we also believe that things like the placebo effect happen from time to time, then personally for me, I put those things together and I go, well, if I choose to believe that this cake or this ice cream is going to be the best medicine for my soul possible, within reason, not every day, of course, right? Because sure. again, then I would stop believing that, right? But every once in a while, I truly do believe that, right? Like Rachel and I went out and had a beautiful night. We're walking the city. We're eating cannolis. Like that was medicine for my soul. So I believe that if you actually enjoy the things that maybe are bad for you or any of these things, especially for someone like you or I that are in the health circles for everyone listening, I'm sure you guys are too, you know, it's important to remember that like literally if you convince something, something's going to work, even if you give them a sugar pill. It will work like 60% of the time, right? So at the end of the day, for me, you know, I think it's much more damaging to eat the cake as a healthy person going, oh my God, oh, this is so bad for me. Oh my God. Like, no, if you're going to eat the cake, just fucking enjoy it. Or you don't. Know? Exactly. Or, or don't. don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting thing that the, the space we're in now and, you know, food wasn't the approach we were going to talk about, but <laughs> yeah. it is a great, it's a great segue because it, it's like anything. We, we have, demonized nutrition. We've demonized exercise. Everything has become negative. Everything's become, if, if, if I don't work out hard enough, if I don't eat just this, at what time should I eat? When should I eat? How long should I fast? Should I not fast? Mm -hmm. Should I? It becomes insane so much so that you can't even honor yourself or honor your body or honor the fact that you and your girlfriend are out on a date and you want a cannoli. Yeah, exactly. Eat it, right? Like <laughs> yes. if you're going to – you're exactly – if you feel guilty, then you're not present with her. She wants it or you want it or you both want it. Yeah. So get it. Yeah. And maybe don't bring 12 home yeah, and exactly. eat them that night. Know right? thyself. <laughs> I said that to the, the um, guy at the restaurant last night. You know, I said, I got to tell you, this last dish was – so disappointing. And here's why. Because I wanted more of it. Yeah. And I was so disappointed it was over, but the portion was so perfect because it left me wanting more. Yeah. Three or four more bites would have pushed me to the edge of feeling full. Mm. And I was satisfied. And however you curated these plates, you did it in a way that left me wanting the next dish. I did a tasting menu. The, wanting the next dish, but also wanting more of what I just ate. And I think there was something very metaphoric for me about that too. It's like, as we grow and learn, can we put our own regulators on? Can we start learning to be like, maybe it's okay to give myself a little bit less. Don't, don't take it away. Give myself a little bit less and then have some restraint and also still enjoy it. So we don't go past it because I would have been uncomfortably full if they would have given me more. Absolutely. I mean, it's like the analogy I use often where like, you know, if you build a race car, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, your whole idea of building the race car is this car is going to be meticulous. It's going to be perfect. I grew up with a dad who owned classic cars, right? Cool. So like, you know, yeah, we'd polish him. We'd take care of him. We'd put a lot of money into him. But then every once in a while, we'd go do a fucking burnout. You know what I mean? Like, what's the whole point of having a garage queen if you never take it out on the track, right? Yes. So I always say like, I've always thought of like my body and everything I do is like building a race car, like taking care of a machine, right? Like a beautiful, incredible machine that I get to operate in the 3D reality in. And every once in a while, if I've built a solid foundation, I can do something like eat a cannoli and I don't skip a fucking beat. I don't even notice it, right? Yeah. Like because I have nervous system regulation, mm -hmm. I practice anti-inflammatory techniques, I sleep like a king. 
I eat healthy foods 90% of the time at mm-hmm. least, if not even 95. And that's not even because like, you know, a lot of my friends growing up, when I first got into health, they're like, oh, you're getting too serious with this and yada, yada. You don't let yourself cheat. And I'm like, no, here's the thing, guys, is that I'm not just going to have a cheat day every week because not every week do I want to cheat. Like I value feeling really fucking good over everything. And sometimes feeling really good involves eating a cannoli, but I'm not going to plan cheating into my calendar. Like that just doesn't make it as fun either. First you know? of all, I think that whole terminology of cheating, it's, it's already fucked you up. A hundred percent. So how about you just get rid of that mentality because now you're putting something that's, I'm getting away with it. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't think that that has a reg- that there's something going on within your soul, within your body, within your mind when you're saying, could that not affect your relationships with everything? Right. So it's like you take those words off the table and you say, no, if I feel inclined to enjoy a cannoli with my girlfriend, I'm g- that's what I'm going to choose to do. Yes. I'm not going to map in because then how does that play out in the rest of your life? How does that play out where now you've, You've incorporated the mindset that it's okay to cheat. Mm-hmm. What does cheating mean? And then you can start breaking that down. So, mm-hmm. you know, part of, part of, I think what we're going through is, you know, I mean, we should tell, like, we should talk about uh, the fact that we're sitting here today is crazy because, <laughs> yeah. you know, you look at how life unfolds mm. and how life manifests. If you're in a space of choosing, your direction versus letting it being chosen for you. And then you start going, you just become like, it's not an overnight thing either, right? It's like little tweaks of the dial. Mm. And all of a sudden, like it's a new radio st- station that's been tuned into. Mm. Doesn't mean the other station doesn't exist, but maybe you've moved beyond that one. Maybe you've, you've just shifted it. And I think there's something really special about like breathing first, like taking a breath, going within asking yourself some questions, getting to know yourself better, whether they involve medicine work, whether they involve breath work, whether they involve exercise, food, they they could involve all of them. They can involve one. They can involve a stack of different things. But part of what feels like we're going through now is this like reawakening of the soul to the grand soul Mm. so that we can start listening to what what I got in a download was if you believe in God, and I don't always use the word God because mm. it means so much to so many people, oh, yeah. the divine universe, it doesn't fucking matter mm. because they're words we made up yeah, anyway. Exactly. Right? <laughs> if you really got into the next space, it would be vibrational, not verbal. Mm-hmm. But if we really could consider what God's will probably is, is that you and I each honor our own intuition mm. and then follow that intuition because that's what free will is. Free will is you get to choose to listen to your intuition and you get to hear and tune into your own heart song. Mm. That's your, that's the beauty of being human. And if there's a will, if you consider free will what that is, it can't be free will and also then have a, but you can't do it this way. Yeah. Cause that's not. Exactly. If you if you're tapped into your intuition, how how great is that for the rest of the world? And for you too, because your intuition will always be in line with divinity. Yes. You will not harm, you will not hurt purposely. You'll do as little harm along the way, right? And so all of a sudden like there's a chance for collective awakening if we could just strip away some judgment. 
mm. of ourselves, of others, and it's hard. It's it's simple, but it's the hardest fucking work we'll ever do. And it's <laughs> nonstop because you have to you want to be consistently checking in. The beauty is that, oh, I didn't do it so well today. So I'm gonna I'm gonna course correct. Nobody might know I didn't do it so well today, but maybe my thoughts weren't in line. Maybe my actions weren't exactly what I what they could have been. Maybe I could have smiled at that cashier instead of like having a frown, mm. right? Today, a cashier said to me, she said, said, hey, I always ask how their shift is. Mm. Somebody told me that. And I don't ask, how are you doing? I say, hey, how's your shift going? And so many people are like, wow, I haven't asked that before. <laughs> it stops them. Yeah. And then they answer authentically most of the time. They're like, thank you for asking that. Today, she said, I don't know. I don't know how I'm feeling today. I said, that's okay. It's good to be in that space. And she said, well, thank you. Hmm. I said, you're welcome. <laughs> and that was that. That was our interaction. It was beautiful because she didn't know how she was feeling. And she doesn't have to put on a front for me. I'm buying a – what was I buying? A, some swim, swim shorts. So yeah. I go jump in the beach today because yeah. I didn't bring any with me. And I was like, I'm jumping in the cold ocean today because yes. I want to. But it was just a beautiful reminder of like I could have said, well, you know, do something to make her happy. And mm. it wouldn't have done anything. Mm. So – Hold space. Our interaction was authentic. I'll never see her again, most likely. She'll never see me again. But at least we had a, an honest impact with each other. So I didn't then go back to the car like, oh, I tried to fix it. <laughs> she wasn't asking me to fix it. Yeah. So stop, right? It was, yes. really, it was really beautiful. And I think there's so many occurrences and reminders all the time for each of us if we just learn to listen a little bit more. Hey, hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying the show. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you all know that the doors are officially open for the Conscious Cannabis Collective. And as such, this is the last week you can sign up and receive all of the bonuses we're currently including. This is the last time I would be personally onboarding those of you who sign up with a complimentary one-on-one -on -one session, and you'll have the ability to get the Grow With Cannabis course for free during this limited time. For more info on how you can take advantage of this offer, head down to the show notes for this episode and secure your spot today, as we only have so many spots left and they are filling up quickly. Now back to the show. And slow down enough to be able to actually hear it, you know, like yes. the metaphor I use often is almost like most of us just learned that the only fun way to look at a snow globe is to shake it up. <laughs> and we for even forgot we're shaking it. So we're just like stuck on this, like, you know, view of the snow globe, the metaphorical snow globe that is each of our lives. It's just like, wow, there's a lot of chaos going on in there and it's fun. Let's shake it. Cause and effect. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I know for me, I'll make it personal. It took me a long time to mature to the point where I actually realized the beauty in stopping the shaking and seeing the image that you can't see in the snow globe. That's right. If you're shaking it, it fogs all the time. it all out. Exactly. It fogs it all out, you know? And, and again, it's such a metaphor for, you know, everything we're talking about because, you know, at the end of the day, life is the psychedelic experience, right? When you think about anything we're talking about, mm -hmm. what is different from any of these things and psychedelics, right? Well, the main difference is that when we're on psychedelics, we're forced to slow down enough to actually feel like, wait, what the hell is that? Is that intuition? Wait, what is this? What is that? Right. When in typical, like our day to day lives, 
we're typically moving so fast that we've normalized everything, right? So when you ask someone how they're doing, you don't really mean how they're doing, right? Like you're just like, how you doing? Good. How are you? Okay, awesome. Like it's just like, you know, they're just like exchanges that are kind of like societal standards. Yes. And I think that's why it's so beautiful when you can ask something in a different way that all of a sudden acts as a pattern interrupt for that individual where it's like, whoa. You just like totally got me out of my programming, right? That's right. And you actually got me to have a real answer, you know? And there's another way that I like doing it too. And I don't always do it by any means. But when I'm in that flow and I notice when I go up to a cashier or anyone, say, oh, how you doing? Oh, good, good. Oh, how you really doing? You know? And just like, wait, what? Like, you know, those kind of things that when people ask me, I'm like, holy shit, you get a really different answer that yeah. second time than you do the first time, you know? Try and the shift thing. Somebody taught that to me. Dude, it's I think it's changed. amazing. I never, I rarely don't ask it now mm. because it's, it forces me to be present with them too mm. it's it is a mutual exchange mm. i have to think about saying it mm. i then say it now it's a habit but it's still it's still something i think about the habit it's a positive habit i've wanted to integrate and it's simple mm. and it reminds me of like habits don't always have to be these you know they have so much shit 21 days to break it all yeah. everything's always about breaking hard. all of your bad habits instead of like building upon your good ones too so it's yeah. like if you gen if you say hey how you doing how are you doing you're still intentional with wanting mm. to say something positive mm. now if you're a little bit more mindful like if you say hey ha mm. how are you really doing or mm. how's your shift mm. you're now directing that energy in a positive way and ultimately that's what we are. We're just flow flow of energy. So how do you want to use your energy while you're here? How do I want to use my energy? I mean, I again, I get to make that choice. You get to make that choice. And the more we're tapped into our intuition, the more we're then in alignment with whatever divinity is, the co-creative process, because it is, mm. it is a co-creative process. It isn't a person sitting on a chair saying you do this or, or else, right? <laughs> we know that. And we've known it for a long time. And then we've gotten to a place of forgetting. And that's part of the human experience is that we're meant to forget so that we can remember. Exactly. And then you can break that word down. But that's, that is the point. And it's been said for thousands of years. And now science is starting to align with it again. Yeah. And indigenous wisdoms coming back and medicines that have been used that are now called psychedelics, but have been used in indigenous traditions for thousands tens of thousands longer than we can we can know unless we get to that plane mm -hmm. and if you go to the place of understanding in that plane you recognize oh this is timeless it's timeless and it's most likely multi-dimensional and and other life forms experience the same thing because ultimately it's like it strips away this physical body that is going to weather and go so this vessel that's that we're, we get to be in, we're going to rejoin, mm. whether we like it or not, yeah, by the exactly. way. <laughs> it's, it's happening. So you might as well like it. You might as well enjoy the cannoli while you're here. And also then, okay, when it's time to go, you know, um, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you later about one of the experiences I had that taught me a little bit more deeply about enlightenment, but mm. we can get back to that. We'll, no, we'll I mean, I think this is a that. great time to it for it too, because, you know, it's like Jonah and I met each other through the internet, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and now we get to be here in person, like talk about the psychedelic experience that is that, right? And again, there's intuition, right? That's what led you to that call. That's what led me to be like, whoa, this guy's amazing. Like, you know, I mean, I remember well, we spent a three call. hours, the three first time we talked, hours, yeah, right? Like it was supposed to be an hour friends. call, literally. It yeah. was like, you know, and, and it's interesting because, you know, I pay attention when I have those types of experiences. I don't know what they mean. I don't care to. I just yeah. pay attention, yeah. right? Because again, I think one of the biggest thirst traps I've ever gotten myself into, and I won't speak for anyone else out there, but my biggest thirst trap, 
one of them anyway, is thinking that I need to know. You know, mm. thinking that I need to know why we hit it off so well, right? Mm-hmm. But in reality, that's like saying the same thing. It's like, well, I can't wait till Christmas morning. I need to know now what's in those presents, right? The challenge is, yeah, you can go find that out, right? I'm sure for people listening, you may have looked in your parents' closet and seen your gifts. But what did you realize immediately when you did that? You just fucked everything up because now you're going to have to pretend you're excited on the morning and you realize that actually the gifts were not the whole point. It was the surprise and the anticipation and the mystery, right? Like that is why we're here. And that's to me why I love psychedelics so much because they were the first time that I realized like, oh, I don't know shit. And it was like that moment in Home Alone where he's like, I made my family disappear. (laughs) I made my family disappear. I was like, I don't know shit. And I was scared for a second. Then I was like, oh my God. I don't know shit. Yeah. And like in that moment, I realized I'm, I'm not here to know anything, right? Like I'm here to be a curious observer yes. to choose belief systems that help me in the moment. And if they continue to help me, cool, I'll keep them. When they stop helping me, I'll let them go, right? Like flow, like Bruce Lee said, flow, be like water, you know? And it's funny because, you know, I would hear quotes like that for a long time and be like, yeah, be like water. But I wouldn't actually like think about like, what is it? feel like to be like water and i think that's the whole idea we're talking about about slowing down yeah plant medicines can definitely help because they force you to slow down like yep. they'll put you down yep. you know and i think that's why so many people are tapping back into whether it be meditation breath work plant medicines anything that slows them down enough to be able to remember that we're on a rock hurtling through space we know nothing about it we have ideas and things we think might be going on but really we don't fucking know right and when you look into the night sky at night and you Think of that. The fact that like we have really no idea what's up there, right? We like to think we do. Like, oh, we got all these stars mapped out. We know what they are. It's like, cool. We ever been to any of them? Well, no, none of them. Like maybe the moon, allegedly, right? But like other than that, (laughs) nothing, right? We have no fucking clue. And, you know, the other day, the, I don't know if it was the Pentagon, whatever, releasing the alien shit. It was like, yeah, whatever. Like, no one even better than eyelash. It was just like, yeah, I know, because we don't know fucking shit, guys, you know? And me, like the, the, you know, you said it now and it's, it's brilliant. Like, because I know you now well enough. It's like, are we on a rock? Or are we on a living being? That's, yeah. that's, she just is in a different field. Yes. And we are part of her. Somebody said the other day, or I was listening to a podcast about, it was like, my brain was exploding when I heard this. That <laughs> we're the neurons. We're, each of us are just neurons of the earth. Mm. And, and she is the being, and we are just part of her synapses firing i'm like what yeah because if you think about how the brain operates it it was really you know what's also interesting i mean this is going to go on a tangent but it's like Mm. the more you open what i find at least i can't speak for anybody else but what i find is that the psychedelic experience becomes my waking experience Mm, exactly and i am barely ever in touch with any psychedelic medicine but my waking experience is almost daily now in the space of connection to myself, connection to the divine. And sometimes it's not, it's, it's the absence of trying that's allowing it to become part of my daily being. I'm not meditating my way to, I'm not breathing my way to, I'm not exercising my way to, I'm not, not any of that stuff in order to then have a result. Those particular practices are there not to arrive somewhere, but because I recognize through my own intuition that they feel right, Mm. but I don't need them to feel right so that I can have the reward in the end, right? So like today when I went to the beach, I didn't go to the best beach in Boston and I was about to get back in my car. I'm like, oh, I want to go somewhere that's maybe not as many cars around. And I went, shut the fuck up. (laughs) You're at the beach. Like you're here now. 
So you could get back into the car to create a more beautiful experience, or you could stay put, do some breathing, do some, be present. She's right here. The water is right there. Take your shoes off and get in the fucking water. And I did. And everything drifted away. Mm. And then the cold water hits my feet. And then I go in deeper. I'm like, this shit's cold, you know, because we don't have a beach in Atlanta. Yeah. So I um, and I haven't been up north. I mean, I grew up up north, and I'll, mm. I'll tell you a little bit about my story. But mm. I I grew up up north. But you know, when I was a kid, if we went to the beach, we went in the summer. Mm. Went to the Jersey Shore. Mm. It was cool. Before it, it was the Jersey Shore. Before it was we the know, Jersey Shore. Yeah. Before I'm all the hair gel polluted. Yeah, I'm 47. <laughs> so it was like early days of the Jersey Shore. No I, mean, I remember seeing some of the pictures. Yeah, it was like old school. It was yeah. great. Um, but today was like, I get in and I'm like, oh. And then my mind is like, oh, it's cold. You And I'm like, again, shut up. Take a breath. And I just sat. I just sat down in the water and let the cold water surround me. I did some breath work before I got in. I sat down and it was so epic. It could have been, you could, you could have said you just transported me to the most amazing beach on the planet. <laughs> yeah. It didn't matter because it was just about being there and allowing myself. And my, the, the space that my mind, body and soul entered just by allowing myself to be there and not trying to force a different experience was a reminder. And, it reminds me exactly what you just said. I don't know anything. I only know what I know. Mm. And if I don't get out of my way, I'm going to keep on that line of thought, which doesn't open me up to new experiences. Mm. And then I have to start defining my life by it. the space I'm in should be more beautiful. According to whom? Right? So then it's like, oh, and it just shifts your whole being and then your being becomes in line with everything around you. Mm. So the rocks under your feet, the broken shells, <laughs> the sand that's kind of there, the seaweed that's brushing by your legs, like these things that are there for us every single day that we pass by because we're looking for something bigger and there isn't anything bigger. It just isn't. Mm-hmm. And and then there's the honor and the responsibility, which is a gift that you and I were talking earlier, like reframing the word responsibility to more of a gift. Mm. When you see responsibility as a gift, then you recognize that this co-creative process that I'm in, that you're in, now we're sharing space in today together, the universe has never experienced it before. I believe it is so in its own presence. Could it know everything that will happen? Yes, it could. Could it reflect on what happened in the past? Absolutely. Does it? I don't believe it does. Mm. I believe it is consistently aware of itself because anything against that goes against its nature. Mm. It doesn't need to reflect on the past and it doesn't need to look at the crystal ball. It doesn't want it. It's like, I'm here with you and the gift I'm giving you <laughs> is to help remind you of that so that we can be in the same space and then co-create together. So it gets to experience the joy of us having a conversation now. Yes. Why would it want to flash forward and see, well, where's this conversation going to take them? Yeah, yeah, and what's yeah, going to yeah, happen yeah, from exactly. this? And how many people are going to listen? Now, are you going to get any comments? Who fucking cares? Yes. It's irrelevant. And we're in a space in the world right now, a very interesting time because <clears throat> – 
you know, I, I'm part of the last generation that grew up before the internet that, that grew up where when I wanted to watch something on TV, I had to look at the TV guide. And if I missed it, I didn't get to see it again. Yeah, when the fucking A team came on, <laughs> if I wasn't sitting my ass down at eight o'clock, I missed the A team. <laughs> yeah. And I might not see that episode again until next year when or they replay ever, it like, or ever. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So it's like <clears throat> the beauty of that. And that's not the old generation to say back in my day. Mm. I don't mean it that way. Mm. I mean that I've seen it go from like running outside and playing all day. And not having phones or pagers and my dad calling my friend's mom on the, you know, landline to say, is Jonah over there? Yeah, they're playing. Okay. Tell them to come home for dinner. And then I would come home, right? To now, the continuous stream is so prevalent, but that's just another tool. It's a tool for us to go, we could complain about it or we could say, and also though, we're getting to record a podcast that can hit millions of people if it's meant to, yes. if people want to tune into it. So the, the fact that we can become a global family now, a global tribe, a global community is real because 2,000 years ago, 500 years ago, if you had something to say, maybe you'll get a few followers. Mm. If maybe 1,000, maybe 10,000. You might be killed beforehand, yeah. right? But the reality is like <laughs> you're only getting to so many people. You're not, you are not going to talk to somebody in Japan. Maybe your message will spread. That's what's interesting about religion is how mm. the message spreads. The challenge is it's not direct. Yeah. It's like now, a game telephone. <laughs> that's right. So now we have this ability to like, if someone tunes in and listens to what you have to say, they're getting an authentic, the words are coming from your mouth, from your soul. And that's an amazing gift. And I think that you know, people are freaking out about technology and AI and all this stuff. I'm like, or there's other possibilities because the future isn't written. And if you do believe in a co-creative experience, then what you think and say and do can have an effect on what happens next. Mm -hmm. And if you don't think that, then you are stuck in a box of darkness but if you open up your eyes and maybe a psychedelic path might help you to do that, maybe a breathwork path, maybe an exercise path, maybe Tantra, maybe a stack of all of these things could help you align with like, oh, wait, it's just a reframing of viewpoints. Yes. I mean, dude, you're 100% right. And, you know, I like the saying don't throw the baby out with the bathwater mm -hmm. because it's exactly what I teach with cannabis. And this is why I say that like all the time, I'm like, guys, I may be focusing on the vehicle that is cannabis, but these principles from which I teach from are not mine, right? They're hermetic principles. They're the laws of the universe, right? Yes. So the idea yes. that you're talking about is the same thing as people saying, oh, cannabis shouldn't be legal because people are just going to smoke it all day and forget their lives. I'm like, well, is that the fault of cannabis or are you not looking at the actual issue, which is why are people looking to smoke away their entire lives? That's the real issue, right? 100%. It has nothing to do with the vehicle they're choosing because if That's cannabis right. wasn't there, it would be alcohol, pornography, et cetera, right? So the same way that people say- It already oh, is those exactly, things. Exactly, it already is those right. things, right? So the same way people say, oh, technology, blah, 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 right? Like it's so bad or any of these things. I'm like, well, how are you using it? Because it's simply right. a tool, right? That's right. This microphone is not going to get up and kill someone, right? Mm -hmm. But someone could take this microphone and smash it over someone's head and kill someone, right? 100%. Whose fault is that, right? It's not the microphone's fault, right? And I think that 
the world at large has a really big challenge in taking that type of responsibility over their lives. Like when you talk about a microphone, they're like, well, yeah, of course, right? I'm like, cool, what about the patterns you're running? Well, that's not me. You know, I had trauma as a kid and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, it might not have been your fault, but it is your responsibility now, right? No one's gonna come save the day for you. No one's gonna fix it for you, right? And so the idea of like people thinking life happens to them, I have no uh, saying anything, just woe is me and victim mentality, right? It's much less responsible. You don't have to take responsibility for fucking anything, right? right? If you are at the mercy of life happening to you, well, it's a much, it can seem in a very thirst trappy way that it's an easier way to live life, right? right? Oh, I'm just going to yell at that person to cut me off, right? And think that they wronged me, right? Well, you don't know who that person is and what they're going through. I'm not saying that you say it's okay, but can you understand and be compassionate towards the fact that like, what, you've never cut someone off? What, you've never had a bad day? What, you've never had someone in the hospital that maybe only has 10 minutes to live and you don't give a fuck who gets mad at you when you cut them off, right? Like, there are so many possibilities that I know as an individual myself, it took me a long time to open my awareness to all of that. Of course. And to realize that like, I am responsible for what I choose to believe about the world around me. And it's a great power. And with great power comes great responsibility. The same way that I am the one that picks up that joint or that bowl or those mushrooms or whatever. I'm not going to blame them to play the blame game. It's my fault if that is not leading to desirable outcomes in my life. And it is then my responsibility to make a better pattern in my life. And you know what's great about that? Guess what? There's 8 billion people on the planet. You think someone else hasn't been struggling with the same thing you're struggling with? That's right. If you choose to take ownership of it, you're inspiring the next person to go, I can do it too. Look at the four-minute mile, right? That's exactly what happened. Yes. Everyone thought it's impossible. That's right. One guy decided to break the that word I'm impossible into two words, I'm possible. He did it. And then everyone else was like, oh, well, now I know it's possible. So I'm going to do it. Well, think about anything in your life right now that feels impossible. What if it was possible? Because nothing is impossible, right? That's like, right. And that's, it's a big mind fuck, right? Like this is why it I is. say and life that's is where the psychedelic. If you have trauma, yeah. you get stuck in your own family dynamic, but when you open the world up to a global tribe, a global community, and what's brilliant about technology now is we have access to listen to teachers. Mm. Again, think about what would happen a thousand years ago, you mm. were only able to get to the teachers that were in front of you. Now you have the best minds, the brightest minds, the most expanded and, and continually expanding minds that are sharing their wisdom and their story. They're not saying this is the only way. They're saying I'm sharing stories. You have from child psychologists to exercise coaches to a cannabis coach like <laughs> you, right? So you have all of these humans who have not even have awakened, that have opened their eyes and have humbled themselves to listen to their intuition because I think it does take a humbling. Mm. Like, it isn't in the head. <laughs> I got to go deeper. I got to trans transmute that energy down somewhere else and maybe it's time to quiet myself. Mm. And stop, don't worry about what dad or grandpa or my friend said about, you know, hippies meditate, whatever. It doesn't matter now because we're getting to a point where it's like, Take a breath. You do breathing is important for all of us, yeah. right? Okay. So what happens if you breathe a little slower? What happens if you close your eyes? What happens if you my eight-year-old the other day, she said, We're at the dinner table. And in one of my recent journeys, I the only way I can describe it was I was a fucking pteranodon. <laughs> and I was flying over early earth. And could my mind be making it up? Sure. 
Doesn't matter. Doesn't fucking matter. It's irrelevant. Still real. I'll tell you what the feeling was. I felt the earth. I could see what it looked like then. I could feel what it was like to fly. I could feel my body. I could feel the weight and density of this body, but the fact that it was still so- – how was this thing flying? It was – I was astonished by the whole thing, this ancient being. But what I was most powerful for me was that I heard its vibration because the world wasn't full of words then. I heard the earth singing. And then I heard the, the, these, this being that I was in resonance with other like beings adding a new tone to the earth. And it was a deep, like a bass hum. And it felt like this perfect balance of masculine feminine energy. This, this earth being had a very feminine, the vibration felt, if I could say it felt higher pitched, mm. right? In, in various notes of higher pitch. And then this being, this, if it's a pteranodon, I don't know, because it was almost like a video game, an avatar, where I was seeing through its eyes, but I almost could like pull back and see its body, but I was it and the observer of it mm. at the same time. And as I'm flying through, I remember seeing a waterfall off the side of a mountain and these massive plants. And then I heard this tonality and then it's like, I didn't necessarily see other dinosaurs walking around, but I heard their echoes Mm. and it was like this beautiful harmony. And it was just this reminder of like, there is, we have gotten out of touch with that harmonic frequency. But I say that to say, I I shared this with my daughters. No, three-year-old doesn't understand. And then the six-year-old, she doesn't fully understand, but she listens. But the eight-year-old's starting to get it. And Mm. we were at the dinner table. And she said, Dad. I said, yeah. She said, can you meditate and tell me who I was before I came here? And I was like, I don't know. I've never been asked this before. (laughs) I felt like I was put on the spot. I'm like, we're at the dinner table. Whoa. First of all, I'm a dad. If I say yes and I don't do it, I failed her. And if I don't don't say yes, I failed her. So I was like, well, shit, this is crazy. I said, why are you asking that? She's like, I just, I want to know. And she recently cut her hair short. It mm. really works well for her. We, mm. She had had her hair down to her, like her butt. She had never, mm. they never really cut it. So she cut her hair short. She wanted to cut it short. And it's, it's changed her personality mm. a bit. <clears throat> in a good way. It's like mm. helped her feel more who she is. Mm. I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. She said, let's go to the meditation room. We have a little room in our house that when we bought our house, we set it up specifically as a meditation room. We, it was just this open living room. We closed it off, has sliding doors and a Japanese, um, Norin, which is like the hanging, um, uh, sometimes if you go to Japanese restaurants, you'll see these hanging cloths that you mm, go through mm-hmm. and it's like kind of entering a new space. Well, that was for me, you know, we got it when, I think we got that one when we were in Japan and you go through it and it just shifts. There's no tech in this room. One side is just kind of like a, a library with two red chairs you can sit and just read. And the other side has two Japanese tatami mats. You sit on the floor. We have an ancestor table. We give offerings at the ancestor table every day. After we're done dinner, we bring it in. And then I'll sit and meditate there. Now, not as often as I'd like to because the dog sleeps next to us. Sometimes I don't want to wake up the dog. But the point is, she said, let's go into the meditation room. I said, no, let's do it right here at the dinner table. I said, I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to see if I can figure it out and see what happens. (laughs) So I take a deep breath. And I, I get into the space that's like instant. I was like, oh shit, I can do it here. Mm. Interesting. And I started seeing her and I said, well, wait, I can't go in unless you give me permission. She said, well, I asked you to do it. I said, it's not the same. Do you give me permission to access this? She said, yes. 
So I go into the space and I was like, I can see you. You had short blonde hair. You were tall. I feel like you were somewhere in Europe. It feels like the early 1900s. But as soon as I said, she said, she said, was that my boy or girl? I said, you were a girl. I, she said, I knew it. I said, <laughs> yes. And I said, you had short blonde hair, kind of similar to what you had. She goes, I, I, I felt that too. So she like was kind of in tune and she needed confirmation. I was like, did you just turn a switch on in me? <laughs> like, so there was this, there was this relationship between my daughter and I that was so unexpected. Mm. And, and it challenged me to knock it in my head. And it challenged me to go into presence. And then in that presence, now, is this true? I don't know. I don't know if she really was alive in the early 1900s in what felt like Austria or Germany. I could see her pale skin. I could see her light hair. I could see it was like color my hair, kind of dirty blonde. But it felt real. And she echoed the I knew it. So something was there, whether we were just sharing a connection of father and daughter or we were tapping into something previous. No one's going to know because there's no scientific Ghostbusters magical thing that you're going to click a button and wave it over her and see her past life. But boy, was it special. And the bonding that came through was really special. <clears throat> and it was like the reminder of the human experience, mm. of this relationship between people that if you just get out of the way and allow it to unfold, it's magic. It's fucking magical. And we have forgotten about magic. And, and, and I do wholeheartedly believe that there was a time on this planet where magic was daily because we, we accepted it and we have put up a barrier to it now because science has come in in it's many aspects. Religion. That's right. And it's like, but I think I passed that book, uh, braiding sweetgrass. Mm, yep. I got it on my audible. Whoa. I haven't read it yet, but yeah, I got it. Whoa. On there. Whoa. It's just like, it's a reminder. And she went through the whole path of rigid science, science, but she grew up in very indigenous Native American traditions and, and coming back around to incorporating science and also indigenous wisdom is, I think, where we're going now. I think mm. where we're going now is it isn't saying we have to go backwards. It's a comeback, not a go back. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Because that wisdom will never go away. It's true wisdom. And now our ingenuity has brought us new levels of understanding of technology. Brilliant. But growth has to mean the expansion of, not the staying the same. Exactly. It's in addition to, That's right. right? Rather That's than, right. you know, uh, the exception, you know, and, and I think about this often that what you just illustrated there is such a perfect example of what we're talking about, right? Because you know who magic still is real for in a big way? Children, yes. right? Like think about what imagination is. Imagination is magic, right? Like, you know, if you learn it in a scientific way, like Joe Dispenza teaches, which I love him because I think he's brilliant at bridging and speaking about things in a scientific way that are very deeply esoteric. And so I 100%. think that, cause again, you know, and this is what I always aim to do too, is like, you know, my mission here, my sacred work is to be able to allow people to tap into that psychedelic nature of life. And at the same time, I know that I will lose a lot of people from not knowing my audience if I go around just talking about the spirit realm all the time, right? right? So I have to gauge how I speak about these things. And that's honestly fun. Like, it's super fun because 
I think, you know, we have people that are like, it's science, right? It's only what I can believe or I believe in only what I can see and measure. Then you have people on the other side of the polarity that are spiritual, right? Like, I don't need any science to tell me anything. I'm like, well, what if they were both two sides of the same coin, right? And what if true science, not the version of it that we're getting these days where people say trust science, that is like, that is like saying sovereign citizen, right? Like, (laughs) it is completely (laughs) an oxymoron, right? Yeah, that's right. So if you think about real science, right? Like, real scientists are never (laughs) satisfied with an answer because they know that like there really is no answer. So they're trying to break what they currently know, right? Their curiosity is what makes them scientists. Exactly. Like they are never just like, oh, that's done. You know, like they're like, eh, let me see where I can break it now, right? And so that's why it's just very interesting what science has turned into. And 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 again, there is real science out there, but again, science has become an industry now. It's become a religion. It's become something that is bought and paid for. And it's become something that a lot of people are are unknowingly very susceptible to believing based on societal standards. Like, oh, a guy in a white lab coat told me this thing, so I'm going to believe it because I've been trained to think that people in white lab coats know more about my health than I do, right? So when we think about, you know, this like returning to holism, because that's what I really feel it is, right? We had, you know, in the past we had animism, right? Which was everything is alive, Mm -hmm. right? Now we have holism, which is like the union of the animist way of looking at the world and the scientific way of looking at the world of like, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, we have this thing called language, right? We have this thing called science, which is really just the study of spirit, I really think. Because again, at the end of the day, what is science researching? Mm-hmm. Everything that's here. Mm-hmm. Well, how is everything here? Well, I mean, I don't know the answer. We don't right? know we yet. We don't know. But exactly. We want to look. Exactly. And so, like, here's the thing, right? Is that, you know, and this is what I was touching on earlier that I want to say again because it bears repeating is that it is such a thirst trap to go around in the world thinking you know anything. It's naive because, again, at the end of the day, we are on a rock. We don't know anything, right? So to say that science is the way or spirit's the only way, we don't know, right? So that's why yeah. I tell everyone what truly feels good to you in your heart. Yeah. And, you know, for a lot of people that are like, oh, I trust the science. I'm like, do you really feel good when you think that you can't really intuit anything and you just have to go on what these studies say that I could literally show you evidence for that they've been bought and paid for, right? Like, you know, why are you outsourcing your power on Maybe the study was AI written. Yeah, exactly. Who knows now? Exactly. Who knows, right? And so at the end of the day, I tell everyone, it's not about, you know, me telling you, oh, it's spirit or it's science or even it's both, right? It's me saying, choose your own adventure, but make sure you choose because if not, it will be chosen for you. And let me tell you, the people that are willing to make choices for you do not have your best interests at heart. So I don't care what you believe, right? You want to believe the earth is flat? Awesome. You want to believe the earth is round? Awesome. So long as you came to that conclusion and it brings you joy and excitement and peace in your life. I really think it's that simple. Find joy, give it to others. So long as you don't hurt anyone. And when when you get into like, you know, this financial stuff I've been getting into, right? It's so beautiful because Jeremy is amazing at connecting the spirit to the physical realm, right? So he's talking about how common law is really just like this idea of like, find joy, give it to others, don't hurt anyone, don't steal, don't be a dick basically, right? It's simple. Then you get all the statue law that is essentially like uh, synonymous with this bought out version of science, right? You have all these things, well, you can't actually use plants on these imaginary lines. Um, oh, and by the way, we didn't actually have these imaginary lines a couple hundred years ago. We kind of stole them from the people that were here, but they're ours now, so you can't use plants on this side. <laughs> right, right, right. Why? Why can't we use plants? Well, we say it's bad. Wait, why do you hold patents on them then? Well, just don't talk about that, all right? Go watch your sitcom, okay? It's like, you know, all these things, you know, are just like microcosms of the macrocosm. And like you were saying, right, how can we as individuals be healthy if the earth, what we come from, what we're made from, is not healthy, right? As within, so without, as above, so below. It's why it's so important and why I teach from hermetic principles because 
they have stood the test of time. They are just the laws of the universe, right? They're not good, bad, et cetera. They're neutral, right? And when you learn them and you get to flow with the lazy river of life rather That's than right. trying to swim upstream, you know, again, it might seem cool to swim upstream for a little while, right? I don't think anyone consciously thinks that, but I'm strong. I can make it, right? But how much more relaxing is it when you go with the flow? First of all, you get to enjoy the experience. You get to look around. You don't have to be pedaling all the time, right? It's just so amazing how many metaphors and analogies and similarities and synchronicities and, you know, serendipities and all of these things come out of this. But I think about that all the time about how I thirst trap myself for so long, you know, and that's like what I'm really here to do is to liberate, right? And I think that so many people are doing that in their own way. That's what you're doing, right? With your children, right? You didn't tell them, hey, you can't do that. That's not possible, right? I learned from science that we're just 3D beings or we're just human beings. We live and then we die and there's no magic here, right? Like you were like, I don't know. And so in that moment, you were able to be stretched by her and she was able to be stretched by you because she didn't know either. And then you guys explored not knowing together and you came to some sort of a knowing right now that's a subjective knowing which is all that life is it's all subjective there is no objectivity here which is why it's such a thirst trap once again when i see people wasting all of their valuable energy trying to argue a moot point on facebook with someone i'm like listen you could both be right and you could also both be wrong at the same time paradoxically and that's what quantum physics looks into which is why i love it so much because quantum physics says "Ah, actually we have no fucking clue and i like that well very interesting what was interesting and you just echoed it is that in that moment right there magic was created exactly now what that sparked we don't know that's the other thing about magic right you don't you're not getting always the like the tangible answer doesn't always show up in the moment however there's (laughs) also a moment that's experienced right so what this is going to do for olivia down the line who knows well there's no telling if that moment right there awakens something in her or reconfirmed or reaffirmed something she already felt but didn't couldn't put words to. Mm. And so as you just for me echoed from a, from a perspective that I I hadn't heard which is by experiencing that together it kept the flame of magic burning. One that she already had because she's a child in a space where she's been allowed to use her imagination since she was born. And for me someone who believes in it but as an adult, I have more work to do to to make sure I don't get blocked, to make sure my perspectives stay open. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that magical moment that we shared was true. The joy on her face when she says, I knew it, was true. <laughs> and And also what this could lead to for her is also true. But truth doesn't always mean that there's an answer right away. And I think... Part of the challenge we have as humans is we, this incessant need to know everything right now to make ourselves quote unquote feel better. Why? Why? Why is the exploration not enough sometimes? Why is it that I feel so insecure about who I am that if I don't get the answer right away, it's just going to compound? Well, or how about pat yourself on the back for asking the question mm. and, and also allow yourself the space for the question to be answered. Because if you're dictating to the universe when the question gets answered, then you're not actually open and you're to not hearing trusting. the answer. You're not no, trusting. You're not co-creating. Then you're do it on your own. Yeah. But you're not actually, by the way, still doing it on your own. If you want to get into the flow of co-creation, you've got to give the co-creative <laughs> entity 
the space to co-create with you, be it your physical partner, be it your friends, be it your work teammates, or be it the universe. It's got to be in a space that isn't dictated by you. And that's something we all could stand to unlearn. No matter how far we think we've gotten, it's all bullshit because we all have spaces to grow. Mm -hmm. So people might look up to you, which is a crazy thing to say, look up, <laughs> yeah. look up to me. Yeah. I might look up to someone and it's in all of a sudden you unpack all that. And it's like, hold up, hold up. Let's just be, let's give each other the space to be. Let's give each other the space to listen to each other. Look into each other. Yes, that's right. By looking within ourselves and being true. What I like that we've talked about so far is we haven't talked about the superficial. We haven't talked about like, what is it? What do you do? Or this is, you know, I think a lot of times people will meet each other and it's the first thing they, they ask. What do yeah. you do? And, and it's so, it can be such a trap because the person being asked and has to tell what they do for a living. This is where I went to school. Right. Yeah. And the person so that's boring. asking <laughs> is then setting themselves up for, well, if they do something more interesting than me, what does that say about me? Right. Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting dynamic because it doesn't get to true conversation mm. and true knowing of the other person in that brief space of time you're going to spend with them. Mm. And so I'm always challenging myself to like, not bring it up, <laughs> not ask others. I don't really care, by the mm. way. Mm. Neither do they. Mm. They don't actually care what I do for a living. Yeah. <laughs> they might think it's an interesting conversation point, but normally if I say it, I see a lot of the either admiration or like they go Retraction. within, they feel, yeah. yes. And it's like, let's get to know each other. Let's get to know each other on a human basis because how I've chosen to live my life is my way of helping me explore who I am. And how you've chosen to live your life is the same. Let's talk about that. You know, it's like, like I always say too, it's like, you know, the same way that you were saying, how's your shift instead of how you're doing? Cause it's kind of like this, this thing that we've all normalized. One of the things I've found that can catch people off guard is like, Oh, who are you? Right. And they'll typically say, Oh, my name is so I'm like, no, no, no. Who really are you? You know? Mm. And you can only do that with certain people because some sure. people will just get freaked out. They're yeah, like, what yeah. do you mean, oh, weirdo? Yeah, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. but if you ask the right person, they're like, all right, I fuck with that, you know? And then particularly in the right context, exactly, in the right frame, exactly, in the right state. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And another way to say it that might be a little bit easier for like the layman's individual is what do you stand for? What is your life all about? You know, like what is the legacy you want to leave? You know? I heard an, an older person say to me, Tell me about your life. Mm, I like that a lot. Oh. Where do you want me to? I, yeah. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Because it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't press against my, my insecurity. Mm. I felt like honored Expansion. that I was being asked that. Mm. But then I also felt like a little kid because I'm like, I don't even know what, what do you want to know? <laughs> yeah. Tell me something interesting about your life. Oh, yeah. fuck. So then I get to, I get to pull out a story, mm. you know, which then for me, you know, takes me to all these great memories. Somebody else could be, I'm going to go to the negative. They might. But guess what? If that's what they need to get out, if there's something going on about their life that they need to talk about, they might do that. And the person asking then has the 
responsibility or the the opportunity mm. to then go, oh, okay, well, tell me what what led you to this. You know, you can mm. lead these conversations in different ways. It's pulling, not pushing. That's right. It's it was such a brilliant question. Mm. You know, it stuck with me. It still does because clearly to this moment, like we're talking about that, and that was something that's impactful to me now, and. Imagine if we were all a little bit more like <laughs> curious ask, and ask subtle questions like that. Ask mm. the questions that legitimately open someone up legitimately. And then imagine if we could also walk that way and think that way so that people could receive that from us even in silence. Mm. And imagine if more and more of that got passed on, like, that's a massive dynamic shift in the world Hell because yeah. it's a genuine human caring, but it's also, there's no ego in that. There's no, I'm better than you because I'm a lawyer and you're not, or <laughs> I work in the, that's none of that. Oh, you do this. Well, I do this because people can't wait to talk about themselves. Oh, a hundred percent. We, we said from the beginning, you know, you and I love to talk. We love to talk. Because we want to know. We're curious. But also, if I'm being truthful, there's times I love, I, particularly, I love to hear myself talk. Now I'm getting to the point now where it's like, okay, if that's true, then can you re guide yourself to converse in a way that's meaningful? If I know that communication is a gift of mine, then can I be more responsible with that gift? Mm. And that's, something that I'm learning more and more. And sometimes being responsible with that gift is not saying anything. That's hard. Because mm. sometimes I'm like, oh, I got it. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not being asked. You got to wait for the invitation. So here we're talking. The point is to have a conversation. In other places, might be just to stay silent. Mm. And I, I can see it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I could tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't want to know. Well, it's not my place to tell you because maybe it's really for more, more likely for you to find out yourself. 100%. And that, I think, is one of the challenges with the current spiritual movement, if you want to just kind of generalize it as all that, is I know a lot of people come from positive intentions because I used to do this too and I had to learn the hard way. That in human design, what is a projector strategy? Wait for the invitation. And what was my strategy that I was living into is like from great intentions, I'm like, hey, I'm going and trying all of these things, anything from psychedelics to massage to certain diets, whatever it is. I'm finding things that make my life experience better. And then I am assuming that those things will make everyone's lives better. So from a great intention, if I want to help people, I was actually playing this out as like, oh, I'm actually just like, like forcing people to hear things that they really might not feel are important to them. And honestly, they might not be because again, like why are certain people able to live to a hundred plus drinking and smoking, right? If objectively those things were bad, right? No one would last that long. And I'm not advertising, go out and drink and smoke. I make my own choices based on the fact that I do believe those things are not great for you. And at the same time, someone might truly get joy from that. I couldn't understand it, but at the same time, someone might. And why, why is it my point to come in between them and their joy, right? Just because I think my joy is better or my joy is the right way or any of these things. And so 
I say this because as someone who did that, you know, it's part of my Dharma to speak about it, right? Mm -hmm. Because that is like, I think the best way I can teach from a place of not interfering with someone else's free will is to speak about my personal experience. And if someone resonates with it and wants to take it, great. If people don't, great. It's not for you, right? But at the same time, you know, you were talking about conversations and whatnot, right? And the how you doing, uh, blah, 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 right? I heard this uh, guy talk about one time how he's like, there is no excuse for boredom. And, and, and I was thinking it was going to be like a David Goggins, like, don't ever be fucking bored. You're not allowed to be bored. It wasn't like that. He was like, no, there's like literally no excuse to be bored. He's like, have you thought about this? Like, we're like these flesh beings that maybe you're just flesh beings, maybe have this soul and connected to God, whatever, that are walking around, right? And what do we do with each other? We act like everything's normal. Hey, how's it going? Oh, my name's so-and-so. Cool. Yeah. It's like, did you forget that whoever you just talked to is weird as fuck and that you're weird <laughs> as fuck? You have yeah, things yeah, you've yeah, never told yeah. anyone, yes. right? So are you really bored or are you just not comfortable with giving yourself enough permission to stretch the envelope of what is the societal, like microcosm and macrocosm version of a comfort zone, right? Yep. And this is what's so great about psychedelics and also when we integrate it because right now you and I are completely sober, but we're able to have a conversation as if we took five grams of mushrooms, right? right? Like, and that's what it used to be for me. It used to be, I can only have these conversations and allow myself to get into these weird areas of life of not knowing and all of this stuff when I was in an altered state. Then I started to realize, well, I really fucking like that. And that's no way to live life thinking that I need an external substance to be able to actually enjoy being able to speak about these things without fearing about the retribution of right. whoever I'm talking about it with. So now what I did was I go, okay, I'm going to be a weirdo. And now I know that the people that like me know and like me because I'm a weirdo and because they're also weird like me, yeah. right? And the people that don't like that are naturally just not going to be want to be around me. But to the degree that I was stopping myself from being who I really wanted to be, I was actually thirst trapping the people in my life too at that point because they didn't really know me. So how did they really know if they liked me? If I wasn't fully being me, right? So now it's not that I never get bored or anything like that, but whenever I do, I remind myself like, why am I not allowing myself to be weird as fuck right now? You know, and that has served me in a very peculiar way because again, like the people I get to hang out with now, like yourself, like Shlomo, like the people down in Virginia, the people in San Diego, like, dude, the crews I have now, bro, we have some wild conversations and it's not about coming to an answer or anything. It's just about like, you know, like you have kids, right? So I don't have kids, but I know kids do this. They'll ask you why, right? And if you're a, uh, like an, a normal parent, All the right? Time. If you're a normal parent, that can get really frustrating because you got things going on and whatever, right? So they might say, Daddy, why is the sky blue? And you're like, well, blah, 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 right? And they're like, well, why? And you're like, well, blah, blah, blah. The, the third why, you're just like, ah, just because it is, right? But when's the last time have you thought about like, yeah, why? Like, you know what I mean? Like, because again, it's so easy to get inundated with the 3D world. And it's the idea of being in the earth, not of it, right? Yep. So it's like the idea of like, yeah, it's important to pay bills. You got to take your trash out. Like no one's saying that it's just like, you know, give all that up. And at the same time, realize like those aren't the means to the end, right? Like at the same time, you're like this being that is multidimensional operating in this meat suit and you're around a bunch of other individuals that are in the same thing on an earth that comes from the same thing. We all come from the same source if you choose to believe it like I do, right? And so like we are so much more alike than we are different. Yet we've allowed the 3D things of what the color of our skin is, what gender we are, what hairstyles we have, what music we like to not just be like, oh, wow, that's cool that you're expressing differently in this world, but more like, no, that's not me, right? Like, and again, I'm not judging anything. I'm just, I'm portraying things that 
as I've gone through have helped me just like be so much more easygoing. And Rachel and I have conversations about this from time to time because, you know, again, we both are each other's teachers. It's not like one is one up in the other. But, you know, one of the ways in which I help her a lot, there's many ways she helps me, but one of the ways I help her is with this easygoingness, right? Where she'll be like, well, what happens to this? I'm like, well, then it was meant to happen, you know? And she's like, well, how do you know? I'm like, I don't know. But I choose to live my life believing that because, you know, how stressful it is to think about you having to control everything. Like, that is ridiculous. I did that before. I've done both sides. I go, which one leads to more joy? That one, right? I'm going to go with that one. Yeah. And we also, you know, because we, first of all, everything you just said mm. was fabulous. <laughs> I really liked listening to it because it like, it, 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 it's what conversation can be about. Mm. I won't say should, mm. but it can be. It can mm. be about holding space for someone else. And what I find sometimes with conversation is we don't do what we're doing right now, which is set aside some time to converse. We do it. I need to tell you this. Mm. Maybe you're not open to listen. You want to tell me something. Maybe I'm not in a space to listen. So part of it first has to be communion. Hey, I'd love to have a conversation with you. When's a good time for you? Mm. Took us a while to schedule mm. this, mm-hmm. but we did with the intention of then having a conversation. And I, I think what I'm learning more and more, and I do this with my wife a lot, it's like, let's let's make the time to sit and converse about this because my brain's not there yet. Or if we try to do it right now, we're going to get one-tenth of what we want to say out, and then it'll lead to frustration. So we work with each other on that. And when you're in a partnership, you know, it's already a challenge enough figuring out yourself. When you're in a partnership, now there's this beautiful gift of, co-creating with somebody else in real time with a real person, not just the divine, right? But there's somebody where you can get feedback. And I think that's the point of partnerships. So, you know, as we're making space to converse, then we're also making space in our own souls, our own hearts, our own minds to be open to someone else, knowing that we only know what we know, knowing that we don't know what we don't know, And if we can leave like the judgmental part of it, then we can just be and then allow it to flow. So like while you were speaking, you know, talking about being weird like that, I, I, it flashed me back to being a kid. Like my life has always been weird (laughs) since I was a kid. I grew up weird. I grew up, I, you know, my parents were two hippie parents that grew up. My dad's a musician. He started playing music at 14 my grandfather was, you know, son of immigrant Jew- Jews who were very, you know, regimented. Mm. But my grandfather also and my grandmother also kind of marched to the beat of their own drums, but in in a way that was safe then, mm. right? But like I remember growing up and seeing my grandfather owned a clothing factory, but he employed like people from all races, religions, and whatnot, which is not what you normally saw. And so I got that from action, not through words. Hmm. He never even talked to me about that stuff, by the way. I just saw it. So there were those like lessons that were being taught to me earlier. Then my dad, marching to the beat of his own drum at an early age, playing music, knowing that's what he wanted to do. My mom and dad being these like beautiful hippie kids that, you know, were meditating, owned a health food store and whatnot, but then also experiencing them divorcing at a very early age. So that part of, again, that was inundated in my soul, but I didn't see it in action Mm. because my parents didn't stay together, but there was still something that resonated with me. 
I grew up with my mom for a little bit, but at six, I moved in with my dad. So here at an age, again, this is in the 80s, I'm living with a father raising me versus a mother, which was atypical. But because he was a musician, he poured his time and efforts into allowing me to explore. So because his his parents didn't have that capacity then, they gave him all they could with what they had. But a musician's son, you got to do work. Mm. You know, this isn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Where my dad was like, no, it is. And so you can explore whatever you feel you need to explore. So I was a swimmer and martial arts and did musical theater and all that until I found a path which felt right to me. And I was had the freedom to explore it. And I say all this because having the space to be myself and take away the weird or the abnormal, everyone's fucking abnormal because <laughs> yeah. there's no abnormal, which means everyone's just unique. Everyone's just their own ideation of creation in physical form. And they get to choose what their next steps are. So we're entering this phase, I believe, of we had to go through a great forgetting phase to come to an, a, an awakening phase, a remembering phase. And I, my gut tells me that it's the timing is perfect, as it always is. Because as we're all awakening, or those of us that are, that are maybe, I can't even say awakening more than others because I don't know what others are doing and I don't really care. I, yeah. I, I care deeply, <laughs> yeah. but I don't care to the point of saying, here's what needs to be done. Yeah. But it's like, I never, I never touched, I never drank, I never smoked, I never did any of that when I was a kid. I, the first time I touched marijuana was I was 36, <laughs> 35. And I didn't like it. I didn't like the way smoking felt in my lungs. I liked the after effects. Mm, they were yeah. interesting. <laughs> But I didn't do it that often. I took a break for a while. And then my wife and I now, we had no, we've known each other for 30 years, but we didn't come into each other's lives until we had both been married, both went through marriages and divorces, uh, went through a certain path of life that then led us to each other in a way that we could be open mm. to receiving each other in truth. Mm. Because we had both been to a point where we said, we are only going to live in our truth. And if that means single for the rest of our lives, that's fine. But we have to honor who we are. And then like comets, we hit each other and it's like, oh shit, you, <laughs> you've been here the whole time. So in that, then the slow freedom to explore who we truly feel we are opened up more and more because it's not like we met each other and then everything was perfect. It was a re integration of our spiritual selves, our physical selves, our mental selves. And in the partnership to do that, we found this like beautiful divine masculine feminine starting to reintegrate. And it's taken a while. It's taken a while, which is beautiful. And it will continue to, which is what's great about having a partnership. Mm. Because I think there's something that you, that humans can really fast track when we open to a partnership. And I think from my own experience, at least, and again, it's only mine, I think there's something about a one-on-one -on -one relationship with another human being that can't be compared to anything else.
doesn't mean there can't be explorations. It can't be, I'm not, what I'm saying is I'm not defining a line of how the human experience should be, but I am saying that my, from my viewpoint, what have I've, I've experienced also this deep integration with another, the trust, the trust fall is huge. And I've seen that. And so then as we got more comfortable with who we were, because we had safe space to do it, it led back to this re, um, this curiosity about medicines, mm. about, I don't call them psychedelics. I mm. really don't. I know it's the term, but I think it's just another tool, mm. new tools at my disposal mm. that I never thought would be something I would explore. And when I heard you talk, then we, we got on a call and it was obvious to me that this was because I had, you know, I would take edibles when I went to California. I was working out in California for three months and it was so easy to get them there. And I had some beautiful meditations and experiences. But when I got back, it was very hard to reintegrate into life. Mm. My wife called me on it because she grew up um, with an alcoholic father. She grew up understanding like she knew. And she called me on it one night because I lied about it. She's like, did you smoke? And I said, no, but I had taken an edible. Mm. She's like, motherfucker, yeah. you think I'm stupid? <laughs> she said it to me. She yeah. goes, you must think I was, I don't know who you think you're talking to, but it's written all over your face. Yeah. And if you lie to me again, there's going to be major problems. And so, mm. so that was like a, a, the starting point of like me working backwards to go, well, where did I build up lying? Because mm. I had in my life, I had built up spaces of protecting myself, being in a divorced home, to just curate the truth. Why? Because I thought that was a survival mechanism. And so these journeys started opening me up to going, well, wait a minute. If I'm going to be true, then I have to really be willing to be unafraid and unapologetically true, whether you like it or you don't. Because by the way, I'm not trying to impress you. Now, I was before. In my past, I was looking for validation from others. But through this experience of allowing psychedelics and medicine to come into my life, it's helped me unlock what actual authenticity is. So as we explored, I joined your program, and it was like, oh, shit, totally different. But remember, I couldn't finish it because yeah. I was so busy. We run two businesses. It's a very busy industry. Um, and I have people that work for me. And, the, you know, it just became to a point where it's like, I can't, I can't do this authentically. Mm. And so we got on the phone. And what told me you were the real deal, which I already believed, <laughs> but what reaffirmed it was like, cool, we'll get you in the next one. By the way, it's not going to be an additional upcharge. It yeah. wasn't a, right? Because that's how modern business works. It's yeah. like, well, you got this much to complete it. And if you don't, you got to re-sign up or there's a, there's a reintegration fee or some bullshit, right? Oh, and I'm, I'm the same so way not I a run fan a business. Of that shit. No, yeah. I'm like, let's just be true. So when I came back to doing it, before I came back to the Connect with Cannabis course, I had done my first psychedelic experience mm. with a guided mushroom experience. And it was just life-altering, mm. life-altering. But I could do it in a space now as a grounded human being knowing who I am. Had I done it when I was a kid, I would, it would not have worked. Mm. I, I had known what I wanted to do when I was 12 years old and I'd followed that path. And everything I wanted to manifest, I'd been, always been able to easily manifest because I saw through the veil. Mm. I was like, it's not 
it's everyone. It's not that hard. <laughs> but everyone around me seemed to like, you know, walking around like zombies. And yeah. I was like, what? What? How does nobody see this? It's like you can, you know, when, when, uh, pick any science fiction, pick the matrix. Like when you see through him and he stops the bullets, it was so obvious to me that it's like, they're not bullets. Mm. It's just code. Mm. So at an early age, I figured out the code. And then if something I wanted to happen, it could just happen. That being said, then other challenges come with that, right? So as I walked through this path of life and I started being able to kind of put things in place, there were areas that were being neglected because I wasn't looking at other things that may have been stopping me. Mm. And so psilocybin opened me to that. Coming back to the Connect with Cannabis course, I now came with a completely different intention. And so now that intention was so in alignment with my spirit that I knew having the experience from the first few modules allowed me to have a grounding of understanding. But when I came back to it, it was like, ah, got it. There was a puzzle piece that was under the floorboard and I picked it up and I brought it inside. That's where that one puzzle piece is. And I could put that puzzle piece in the puzzle, right? And now my experience was that, okay, for me, I'm going to use it only ceremonially. I'm only going to use it with pure intention. And what it unlocked in me was, I, it's hard to put into words because it started to help me connect the waking life and the psychedelic life as a normal walk of life. Now, I've had those experiences when I was a kid, but I couldn't tangibly, like, I didn't know how to put the one and one together at that point. I it was just, so natural. You didn't have to try to put it together. That's right. It was just, they were two in the same. But then the, in the adult world, you start getting into and all the, you know, the things that are there for us. They're supposed to push against us. We're not supposed to have it easy. Mm -hmm. Anyone that says that, it's like you're missing the point. Life should be challenging because that's where growth comes from. Life should push back on you because then, you know, you get the opportunity to go, oh, I'm pushing against the tide. Let me just turn around. Are you, can you bodyboard or surf if you're going against the waves? It's impossible. <laughs> yes. They will break you. But if you turn your board around, at least you're in the direction of the wave. And then through experience and training and work, you'll push yourself up and you will surf along the wave. It's guaranteed. It's guaranteed. So when you realize these things and then you can open your mind and heart and soul to saying, and also, I could get help from this. Mm. There are people out there who are here to help. And by the way, who've made it their life's mission. So you honor their life's mission while also honoring yours by opening up that space. That bridge starts connecting. And then as that bridge connects, you and I have a bridge, then that bridge goes to someone else. I awakened my dad to these things. My dad started doing, after 50 years, or however long it's been, 40 years, started doing some psychedelic experiences again and guided. And he's like, I never thought in a million years I'd do this again. Because we did all that shit when mm. we were we were musicians in the 60s. <laughs> you know, we, we were doing this nonstop. But it was a different experience then. So for that bridge to connect, for then other bridges to connect, then my wife, she and I have gone on journeys together. And then what it allows us to bring to the family. It's it's unbelievable when you just take a breath and then open without judgment and see what happens. And then magic, it magic happens. It yeah. just happens.
dude, you know, first of all, that was amazing. Like I am a fuck yes to all of that. And what I'll say in conclusion here too, is like, I think people underestimate the power of simplicity, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, I talk about intention, like, Hey, talk to your cannabis before you connect with it. Right. And I imagine a lot of people are like, that's not going to do anything. Right. Because that would have been me. Like, I know that I had that in me. Right. But it is so wild how true intention, like really looking at that flower for talking about cannabis and being like, please show me, help me, teach me. I have this question and I'm looking for an answer. Please help me in this. And then going into that, that's what that plant's here for. Like that's what that plant's whole mission is, right? Like, you know, in all the plant medicines, right? The same way that our mission is to help the next generation or the next person, right? And so I love this, man. Dude, I can't believe we've already gone this long. It's amazing. It flew by in three seconds. Jonah, where can people find you? connect with you, keep up to date on all the amazing things you're doing. As I said in the intro, guys, Jonah has an amazing background. Uh, He's a man of many talents. Where can people find you, man? So here's the thing. I got off social media recently, (laughs) um, about six months ago, because I just found it personally too distracting. You know, if I'm going to the urinal in an airport and I can't not look at Instagram, there Mm -hmm. was a problem. So I got off that. But I'm looking to start a podcast that's called Lifted IQ. Um, I actually got this from a download when I was traveling with my family. Uh, And the whole point of the podcast is very much along the lines of what we're doing now. It's My viewpoint is that the IQ has been used in a very negative way for very long. Your intelligence leads to almost an elitist status. Mm. So the goal of this upcoming podcast is that when we have honest conversations, we raise each other's intelligence level. And by raising each other's intelligence level, then we can spread that. So Lifted IQ, the point of that is to help raise, redefine that. Don't worry about what your test scores say. Yeah. Let's help redefine and and be willing to grow with each other instead of growing apart. And by having honest, true, open conversations, I think that's one way of doing it. So we're in the midst of getting that going. And other than that... Um, yeah. I, I'll leave a, maybe we'll leave a, well, let's leave a link or something. Yeah, perfect. You know, for email, uh, link, an email address. Like yeah. 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 And um, my wife and I are also looking at starting some coaching. Um, Beautiful. Being able to work with people who are open to do the work because I'm not here to handhold anybody. It's the biggest challenge in coaching, man. So it many is. people think when they're in a good high, they sign up for a call and I get on the call and I'm like, why did you show up here? Like, yeah. it seems like you're really cemented in, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, we want to work individually and then also in relationships. So Beautiful. relationship coaching and then also individually, individual coaching. And we're going to be very selective. Mm. You know, we're even, we're still setting up the business model. We're not even, we'll, we'll talk about that. But yeah, those are the things that we're looking to do is really continue our own journey of self discovery and then pass it on to others for those that are open and wanting help. And if we resonate, if hearing this today resonates with someone and they're interested, um, if they contact you, yep. you're going to pass it on to me. We'll find ways to connect. I, I know that for sure. 100%. Guys, definitely reach out to me. Jonah, I got one last question for you, yes. my man. And that question is this. So let's say someone listens to this conversation and they are extremely fired up about the idea of introducing psychedelic medicines into their own life. What is the one piece of advice you would suggest to them to allow them to use the proper discernment in choosing whether or not these medicines are right for them at mm. this particular time in their lives? That is a great question. Game recognized game. No, that is a great <laughs> question. <laughs> I want to meditate on this. Mm. I want this to be really authentic and I don't Mm. want to just speak to speak. So I'm going to take a few breaths. Perfect. 
This is integration in real time, ladies and gents. My ego's wrestling right now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Because when I open up this pathway, then it's beyond me that speaks. Mm. But being on a podcast <laughs> brings me um, natural insecurity, mm. right? So what I'm doing now is shifting away the ego mm. so that I can allow real truth to come through, mm. however that message is going to be delivered. But in order to do that, I have to get out of my mind, <laughs> right? And yes. worrying about validation from others. Mm. So I'm just taking a minute to kind of push mm. that aside. Mm -hmm. This is your podcast, Ryan. So mm. we'll first ask, are you open to a free-flowing message? Send it. Okay. Full send. Okay. I need that permission. Permission this granted. Right. <laughs> so I'm conscious but I'm also in connection. And when I'm in connection, it's a we, not an I. Mm. So I'm going to allow the we to come through and I'm going to step aside. We first want to honor you and anyone who's listening for your openness and for being willing to listen and receive whatever energy you choose to take on from this podcast. We have provided many, many tools for each of you to use to help you align with your true nature, your true intention. Psychedelics are one of these tools. Earlier, Ryan said very eloquently about the microphone being a tool. It can be used as a tool way to spread love, to spread ideas, ideas as he likes to call them, which we think is brilliant. It could also be used in a negative way. Psychedelics are one of those tools. Now, there is an awakening to psychedelics because the timing is right. The planet produces these various medicines and if used properly and with the right intention can be extremely helpful. Intention is one of the most important aspects for each of us, all of us, to always remember. We say us because we choose intention as our primary pathway to communication. And we encourage each of you to take the time to allow practices in your life that help you connect with intention. And so... While psychedelics may seem appealing, if you aren't quite used to following your intuition and listening to your intention, we might encourage you to pause. Perhaps first checking in with yourself daily, your diet, exercise routines. Do you have a practice of silence, of meditation? of presence, because these tools of psychedelics are not toys. And just like the microphone, or we can use the word hammer, a hammer can build a home, a hammer can destroy a home. Psychedelics are a tool, and reverence and respect is a very important aspect of entering this space, because without it, 
there is the potential. And we will not say what will happen because that's not what we're here to do. You have the ability to be free and make a choice each and every day. So we would just encourage each of you that if you are considering a psychedelic pathway to be patient and to ensure that you are in alignment with your intuition and intention. You don't have to be perfect. No one's perfect. Nobody is always in alignment with these two aspects. But there are those who have made a choice to make intention and intuition a part of their daily ritual. And that's what we would encourage. You will hear a lot of buzz about psychedelics now because there is a reawakening. And because of your technology, it spreads like wildfire. That's brilliant. But just remember that there are aspects of any tool that can be damaging if not used correctly. There are teachers like Ryan and others who are here to serve the medicine because they have received messages and understand their responsibility. And so finding the right teacher is very helpful. But the answers aren't going to come from someone else. You must look within first and align yourself with intuition and intention. Thank you for the question. Spoken like a true wizard. I will take nail on the head for 500. (laughs) Ladies and gents, I hope you enjoyed this absolutely magical conversation between Jonah and I. I hope that it charges the batteries of each one of you and that you go out into the world with an overflowing cup and spread that with the world at large. Thank you all for being. Thank you for tuning in. And I will see you next time. And as always, ladies and gents, have the best day ever. And may the force be with each of you. Aho.